pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You're listening to Resonance 104.4 FM, and this is One Life Left, No Continues. Welcome to One Life Left No Continues, the One Life Left branded book game club. Um, someone on Twitter just said they're going to sue us for using the name No Continues. Really? Yeah, true. Oh, okay. Um, but you can try, but we don't have any money. So good luck. So best of luck with that. Over the next hour, we're going to be discussing three video games themed around mazes. What are those video games, Anne? Uh, they are Pac-Man, Doom and Passage. We are joined by a, I was going to say celebrity panel. Yeah, let's say that. Celebrity panel of uh, various gaming um, uh, cognizance and those who don't know so much about video games. We've tried to get a wide selection of people so you, the listener, don't feel excluded. No, don't. Don't feel excluded. We hope you've played those games. If you've not, you can find links at... Uh, com. And indeed, we'll be putting up more links to next week's next week's games at the end of this show. Yeah. To begin with, let's briefly introduce our panel. Yes. They are you, Anne. Yeah, that's me. David. Hello. Emily. Hello. Steve. Hello. Keza. Hi. And Ed. Hello. Have you all enjoyed the last week of investigating video games? Yes. It's been an incredible week of video games. Really? Me, personally. So, obviously, last week, uh, those of you who've heard last week... Uh, and, and actually, that's more of us than we, more people than we yeah, expected. Yeah, we did not expect people outside the group to hear it, really. We were not expecting, obviously we were broadcasting it in London, but we didn't expect it to go outside of London. No. But unfortunately, someone bootlegged no, us. No, fortunately, someone bootlegged yeah, it. fortunately, which means all of you got an idea of the process that led to this point. Yeah. And part of that process was, how do we make this feel like a book game club? Mm. Do you think we've managed it? I think we will manage it. Emily, you promised you were going to bring in cushions this week. I know, I completely forgot. We need leather armchairs, ideally. <laughs> mm. uh, and, and also Dido. Oh, yeah. That's I think it. that's that's no great loss. Mm, true. <laughs> I, I sent you that chip-tune Dido track, Steve. <laughs> Why didn't you use that? I thought that was a joke. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, so how's it gone for you, Ed? How's the week gone? Um, it's been good because <laughs> all three games I had played before, um, so I didn't actually sit down and play any of them extensively. But it was nice to get a refresher, especially of a contrast of three different games from three different eras. Of, sort of like leafing through the book, yeah, just, just to, uh, to pick remember. up some highlights. And, uh, did you use your fluorescent pen on any of the levels? Um, I did, and uh, now I, I'm in trouble with work for ruining my laptop. <laughs> I noticed you've made some notes. Uh, yeah, uh, again, we, I'm being in trouble with work for stealing uh, stationery. <laughs> Steve, how did the week go for you? Uh, I focused mainly on on Doom because I think there's a lot more to that than the other two games in terms of just getting utterly involved in bloodlust and carnage. And that's your speciality. That is my speciality. Interesting. So we'll be hearing more about that later. Uh, Emily, it was your first week with video games. It was. Um, having never really played video games before, I have to say I probably didn't get quite so involved in Doom because... I couldn't really work out which direction I was going in for most of the time. But yes, um, I, I definitely had to um, furtively close down my browser windows all week. That's excellent. That's what we're looking for. So yeah. it's the equivalent of reading a novel you're really absorbed in underneath the desk. Can't put it down. Exactly. Exactly. David? Uh, yeah, I had a fun week. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, Pac-Man was okay. Uh, I was better at it than I remembered. Um, passage, bleak, doom. Uh, when I tried to move forward, the browser kind of edged up out of the, the outside the monitor. Okay. So I didn't get as much as much <laughs> pleasure for, from doom as I might have done So mixed results from David. Mixed and, results. And Cassie, you weren't here last week, were you? No, I was not. Uh, did you I catch up with the bootleg broadcast? <laughs> I did. You did? Yes. I like the idea very much. The thing with video games is that we often, we play a game and then mm. we talk about that game. It's true. And we sit in the pub and we talk about that single game and rarely do we actually discuss it in context. And I didn't think I'd ever be able to find any links between Passage and Doom, but, you know, play all three in a week and you do start to find parallels. I guess we'll find out, won't yeah. we? And how did it go for you? Oh, mazes, I got lost, obviously. Obviously? <laughs> obviously. I mean, it was good. It was quite nice having, like, a project. So you have to play these three games. I think that sometimes, you know, there's so many games out there, you can get a bit lost sometimes. So it's nice to have a bit of focus in my life for once. Agreed. Well, we're going to uh, play a little bit of music now, yeah. gather our thoughts, and yeah. we'll be back after this to discuss Pac-Man.
This is One Life Left. No continues on Resonance 104.4 FM. If you have anything you'd like to add to our debate, you can do so by emailing... You can email team at onelifeleft.com. If you want to tweet at us... Uh, you can tweet at One Life Left or uh, at Scantus because that's what I've got open. Really? <laughs> but preferably... Yeah, do it at One Life Do Left. it at One Life Left. You'll find that. Uh, and do join in with us because um, right now we're going to open the debate by talking about Pac-Man and leading that conversation is going to be Keza. Keza, that's all right, isn't it? It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. Because, I, you know, I know from talking to you before, you have uh, views that maybe we don't look into video games as deeply as we possibly could. It's mostly that we don't look at them in context. That's true. We spend our time, especially as reviewers, which I have been for a long time, and most of my friends have been at least for a bit in their time. They look at one game and they assess that game on its merits, and they don't look at the context. And I think that's one of the things that holds us back discussing games, because we just discuss, is the new Assassin's Creed any good? We don't discuss how it relates to other things that we've done and how it maybe moves forward from that. Indeed. So, uh, Anne, do you have the Pac-Man Wikipedia yeah, open? Yeah, wiki open. What can you tell us about Pac-Man? Are there any highlights that have leapt out at you? Um, well, Pac-Man is an arcade game developed by Namco and licensed and distributed in the United States. Are these highlights <laughs> or are these just the first? <laughs> no, do you know what my favourite highlight is? Yeah, uh, okay. In popular culture, a spoof of the game labelled rat was mentioned in an iCarly episode entitled <laughs> I Staged an Intervention. Okay. I've got uh, another good Pac-Man fact. Tell us, a, tell us a Pac-Man fact. It was originally going to be called Puck-Man. Yes. But, uh, but changed due to people maybe... Uh, it sounds like something. Yeah. Graffiti. Graffiti. Well, the worry was that people were going to edit the, uh, the marquee at the top of the... Um, Pac-Man or Puck-Man By defacing the good name of Namco. Indeed. Um, so where, where would you like to begin this discussion about Pac-Man, this group discussion? I think it's worth act- asking where we all encountered Pac-Man first. That's a great it's question. It's surely got to be one of the most recognisable mazes in all video games, and it did most recognisable things. So where did, let's start, Ed, where did we first encounter Pac-Man? I have absolutely no idea. I'd probably <laughs> on some kind of handheld game system on a bus would be my closest guess. I don't know what which one it was available for, for a Game Boy or a Game Gear, I would assume, but I don't really remember the first time I played it. Can you remember a time before you'd ever seen Pac-Man? Uh, I... It's just a no, desert in your memory. Yeah, we, desert we, is. We, you were happier then? I mean, it's worse about that most of the last 27 years is a desert in my memory, so that's not saying terribly much, but... What about you, Steve? Well, I suggest you say, I can't, uh, you, can you remember a time when you didn't know what Pac-Man was? And I think, yeah, it's always been inside my brain. I think there was a flash of white light, and then there was Pac-Man <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, but I think the first time I actually played it was uh, would have been actually a clone of Pac-Man, because there are so many of them. There are. So I quite likely didn't encounter the, the classic maze design that we're all used to, and some sort of, some sort of rip-off maze that uh, isn't exactly accurate. Interesting. Emily? Um, I'm familiar with Pac-Man. Um, I think I'd seen it maybe in, you know, in the cinema lobby, maybe, when I was younger. But that doesn't mean that I'd played it. I'd probably never had any change on me at the time. You haven't been in- intrigued by it? No, I couldn't be bothered. But <laughs> I did play it this week, and um, I was glad that I almost hadn't played it so I could play it afresh and make sure that I was playing the original one, the real one. Anne? Yeah. Uh, I think it's basically just like a, a cultural thing, really, isn't it? You just know about Pac-Man. You Even if you, you can't you can't tell, it's just absorbed. Yeah, and I don't think I ever really, like, fully, like, maybe properly played it when I was a kid, but 
it's always been there. David, you're you're an avid gamer. There must have been a point when you you discovered Pac-Man for the first time and your life changed forever. No, I'm, I'm actually just thinking about it and uh, I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember. You've drawn um, a picture of Pac-Man, Yeah, I, I just want a picture. Was I that trying to, draw... to prompt your memory? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was trying to uh, yeah, uh, provoke some memories. Um, yeah, if you draw Pac-Man in 2D, it looks a bit like a shark. Really? But, uh... Butlin, Butlin, Butlin's po- po- possibly, possibly, or, or maybe Southport, some kind of dingy back. That's street interesting. In the Southport. first time, the first time I encountered it was on a pier in Blackpool. Blackpool, Blackpool. I didn't really, really understand, uh, you know, what these bright lights were then. Yeah, I mean, there, 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 there was just plenty of other better games at the time. I think you know, Battlezone, you know, the three D tanks game. Right. Uh, Pac Man was just something that consumed my money. Just left me feeling just sweaty palms and, and unhappy generally. Would you agree with David that, that Pac-Man is a worse game than Battlezone, Kessel? <laughs> well, it's interesting that most people gave the answer I expected, which mm. was, I don't remember. Because I don't remember. Mm. I have no idea when I first saw Pac-Man. I, c- I couldn't tell you, I really couldn't. Can, and I, can I just say, I just have remembered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't, Ruined I didn't see Pac-Man. I, I played Mrs. Pac-Man on the Atari Lynx, so I, I met Pac-Man's wife before I met Pac-Man. That is unusual. Yeah. Mm. But the thing about this is that why, why, I mean, most of us, I presume, weren't, well, I wasn't around anyway when it first came out in the early 70s. I wasn't there. I wasn't, <laughs> play, I wasn't playing arcade games. In fact, I wasn't, I wasn't existent at the time. So why, why is that? Why have, all of us, why have all of us seen Pac-Man? Why has it been such a kind of constant thing in culture? Is it simplicity? I think it's like Tetris, in that if you ask people to name two video games, they will say Tetris, Pac-Man. I think it's just so embedded in... in people's consciousness of, of what, what a video game is. I think the propensity, the, the uh, proliferation of the, of the arcade cabinets perhaps just meant they were everywhere. People just literally saw it everywhere they went. And on things in films and things? Is it in a film? It's in loads of films. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there was never a Pac-Man film, though. <laughs> there, should have been. there should have been a Pac-Man film. Who would have played Pac-Man? It would have been his descent into addiction, surely. Yes, yes. Pill after pill after pill. Gritty. No way out. And then the kill Gritty. screen. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I'd like to see Christian Bale as Pac-Man. <laughs> do you think he'd bring, bring a gritty, dark realism to the yeah, role? Yeah, and he'd do a weird, funny voice as well. He'd probably put on loads of weight, wouldn't he? He'd, you know, he'd get round. Become perfectly round. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, I agree with what you're saying, Kezra. It's a really iconic, um, iconic cultural thing, isn't it, that we've all... We all just recognise and very well merchandised by Namco. Yes, very well exploited, some would say. But then the the thing about Pac-Man is it's the same it's the same with Space Invaders actually. I think it's the same with a lot of early video games, and that they're very simple. And what they do is they create a pattern that our brains like. Mm. And in Pac-Man, it's the maze, and in Space Invaders, it's that gently predictable you know movement left and right. Okay. So all of these games, you know exactly what's going to happen when you press a button. You know exactly what's going to happen. And they don't have emergent AI, so you know where the ghosts are going to go. I don't. <laughs> Who <laughs> here knew where the ghosts were going to go? Because that's, that's always my biggest problem with Pac-Man, that it, I, I can never second-guess. I can't outsmart those ghosts. It follows quite, quite predictable rules. People who are really, really, really good at Pac-Man, mm, who they have know the, the paths. Backwards, they know the paths that are going to be taken. They, they study it. They know it. But the thing mm. is, you do pick it up subconsciously, don't you? Each of the ghosts, I, I think I'm correct in saying this, have different personalities. Some are less <laughs> likely to. <laughs> this is actually true. <laughs> So, some of them are, are, are less lore. likely to, to chase you down a corridor than others. Is that true? That they is w- true. It's what it said on Wikipedia. It's, yeah. so it's on Wikipedia. Can, can we trust Wikipedia on this? It does seem... Always. It would be... You know, it would make sense, wouldn't it? One of them is especially fearful. It might be the blue one. <laughs> What's the blue one called, Anne? Uh, Inky. 
translated as uh, uh, from the Japanese, literally as fickle. 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 What's the red one called? Uh, Blinky. Or in Japanese, chaser. He is always first out, isn't he? Like vroom, red first out, isn't he? Yeah, Mm. red one. That's right. He wants it the most. (laughs) He is the chaser. Do you think that was deliberately chosen, Emily? A red, the colour of danger for us to run away from. You know that that guy's after you more than anything else. Or is it just a, you know, product of the limited palette of eight-bit systems? <laughs> I imagine it's, it's just a, a whim of the okay. designer. Okay. Um, it's sad that Clyde, uh, his name translates as stupid. Mm. Oh, or, poor Clyde. Or slow guy. What colour is he? Pink. Uh, the orange one. No. Oh. Yeah. Which is a pink orange. one. Uh, that is Pinky. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see. Uh, and Not only the, the palette was limited. The ambusher. <laughs> ah. So, yeah. so Kessa, is it true to say, did, did the guys have different personalities in the game? I think, well, I didn't know that that was programmed in. Mm. There we go. I've seen, like you, I've seen these diagrams that say you've got to follow this route mm. to, to, to solve Pac-Man, and that's why I've never really enjoyed it. That To me, it seemed a game where there is a very, very strict way of completing it, and if you choose these avenues, then you're doomed from the start. I think most games do that, though. They just disguise it. Mm. And Pac-Man does disguise it. Like, you play it, and if you, didn't, if you hadn't read that on Wikipedia, you might play it four or five times and think it's different every time. It's only when you play it consistently over the course of, like, hundreds of games that you start to see the patterns. Yeah. But the interesting thing about this is that lots of games trade on patterns. Like, look at Guitar Hero. Yeah, it's about the music. Mm. But also, what Guitar Hero fundamentally does is it gives you a pattern that your brain likes. It's, it, it, your brain chemistry just reacts to patterns and you matching them. And I think Pac-Man's the same. You know, you're just matching a pattern. So actually, it's genius is in its predictability. Yes. Interesting. David, you have... Uh, questioning expression. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking about the uh, uh, about the patterns in, in in Pac-Man because the one thing that I found quite frustrating about it was there was no um, there was no particularly simple route you could take through the whole thing. You know, you'd you'd clear one quarter and then you'd realise there was one dot that you had to go and get, yeah. and it was just I don't know, it was it confounded you at every at every corner. It never felt efficient. There was no efficient way of clearing the maze. Yeah, that's it, exactly. But I think that's part of the part of the thing. It, it conceals its simplicity. Like Steve was saying, you know, that there's a way to do it. There's a way to beat the game. Yeah, but it's cleverly hidden, and that's why people well, keep playing it. I think I think Steve's onto something here. Like one of the things that's really popular in video games is tidying up. Like people say that's why Tetris is so appealing because you're placing things in a line and they go away. You make these compact shapes. But Pac-Man. Uh, there always my ways of clearing the board. There never seemed to be a, a perfect way of clearing it. There was always a case of leaving some dots somewhere. So it didn't satisfy your brain in that. No, way. it really doesn't. But is that not because the little things were running after you and you had to run away and you know yeah mm. you have to leave those dots go yeah, go forward go another quarter. They're like children and you're like the mother who has to clean up and they're like chasing around after you. Stupid, go away, stupid. Yeah. And. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Except these children would kill you if they touch you. And if you eat a special <laughs> pill, you eat your children. <laughs> Interesting. It's exactly like motherhood. <laughs> um, it makes me feel very claustrophobic as well, the, the game. Did I, I find that, that very, yeah. I, that's a, I, feel, I remember when I was a small child playing Pac-Man, I didn't like it because it made me feel claustrophobic. Because mm. it's walled in. You know, I, I mean, my first game was, was Legend of Zelda, right. which is the opposite of that. It's not walled in at all. You know, you wander around and there's always something in every direction. Whereas Pac-Man was very much like, here are your walls, operate within them. So do you like it now? Are you over that claustrophobia? I don't like the original Pac-Man anything like as much as I love Pac-Man Special Edition DX? CX? What did they call it? The one that came out DX. last... Yeah, 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 Pac-Man Special Edition CEDX, whatever they called it. Did, which, it. did anyone else here play that? 
Yeah. I played one that has funny, it had lines. You had to go across in lines and then up, and these jelly, the ghosts were kind of jumping around, floating around in a big rectangle. Were they green? Were the ghosts green? They were, I think they were different colours. There may be only three, though. The, the, thing, the thing with um, Special Edition <laughs> DX is it completely repurposes mm-hmm. the kind of iconography of Pac-Man. It's, it's, it's genuinely great. Everyone, if you haven't played it, it's not the same as Pac-Man. Basically, you have lots of sleeping ghosts around the mazes, right? And the idea is actually to wake up the ghosts and get them to follow you in a massive oscillating ghost conga. And so you're being followed around by hundreds of ghosts and the maze is constantly going and vanishing pills and giving you new sets of ghosts. And ideally, what you want is a conga of several hundred ghosts so that when you eat a power pill, you eat all of them. Right. And this kind of massive, massive feast of ghost and ghostiness. So it's risk and reward, which yeah. we know is a... But it's also patterns. Again, the ghosts always appear in the same patterns and you start to realise which way you have to go to get all of them with the least amount of time. And it's usually a time challenge game as well. But it completely, it takes a pac-man icons and turns it into a completely different type of game and that to me just kind of shows how enduring the actual icons are Mm. but again it's all about patterns it's all about just making your brain happy you know it it shows you the way to do it and you subconsciously recognize that has anyone had any other experience with pac-man in different types of game is there is there oh there was an excellent pac-man game for the gamecube where there was this thing with the GameCube where you could, you could hook it up to a Game Boy Advance and, um, with a link cable. And so on the Game Boy Advance, right, there'd be three of you, and the three of you were ghosts. And on the screen, one of you would be Pac-Man. <laughs> so you were actually playing against other people, and the other people were the ghosts. And that was pretty good. That was apparently Shigeru Miyamoto's idea. There was Pac-Land, which was uh, the platformer I think we mentioned last week. And there was Pac-Mania as well, which was an isometric thing when things all got 3D. I don't know whether there was anything else. Like you mentioned earlier, Ed, Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. I played Pac-Man. that. I, was that platform? It was, or it was, it was very it was sim- similar. But I played that one this week as well, and actually I think I preferred that to Pac-Man. Really? Why is that? Because um, it seemed a bit easier to do for some reason. I don't know why. I just won a lot more. I got I got past levels much easier than on Pac-Man. Can Wikipedia tell us what the differences are between? I thought it was just Pac-Man. I with think a bow. no. I think it's the way the ghosts move. I think on Ms. Pac-Man, they don't have a pattern that they follow. It's much more randomised, so you really? can't predict it so much, and that gives you kind of more of a challenge. It, a challenge, but also it's there's more opportunities because they're not predestined to go in certain areas, mm. so you can seize those opportunities That's to get your little dots eaten. I think we're going to have to move on from Pac-Man to our next game, which is Doom, uh, shortly. But just uh, on that subject, Emily, this was your first video game. How did how did how did it go? Which one? Did you enjoy Pac-Man? Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm completely addicted. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's got to be a result. Okay, we will be back after this song uh, to talk about Doom.
listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is No Continues, a spin-off of One Life Left, where we treat games as literature and do a book group. Anne, have we had any tweets? Uh, yes, we've had one from... Mealtime Strategy. Yeah. Uh, and, and he... He... Definitely a he says. Uh, the thing that struck me most about uh, most going back to Pac-Man was that it's very much like a board game in real time, intended or not. Uh, I should say that this song is somewhere else by the brilliant Smiletron, and before that we had Technodrome by FV. So it's time to talk about Doom. Yeah. Steve, you're going to lead this discussion, aren't you? Yes. Um, Doom is a game that popularised first-person shooters, arguably. It also heralds from a time, interestingly enough, if we're talking about uh, relating games to books, when uh, games had plots, but they were contained entirely within the game manual. So to properly know what's happening in Doom, a game where in which uh, you are otherwise just shooting through hordes of uh, demons uh, and hell spawn, you need to have a look at the manual, which tells you that... Uh, you are a space marine stranded on one of the moons of Mars. Um, getting philosophical about it, uh, I like that it is. Uh, it shows again humans' preoccupation with uh, retribution and hell spewing forth from a from a portal and killing us all for our sins. Sort of like Dante's Inferno. Yes. <laughs> but not the video game. Well, not, not the video, video game. game. The Divine Just Comedy, which, funnily enough, the last chapter is named Inferno. Really? Uh, does it, do each of the worlds of, or the chapters of Doom has nine levels, I believe, like the nine circles of hell, which I thought was... Uh, unless you play some of the later editions, which oh. add lots of different. <laughs> Good though, I like that. It's, it's, it's sort of a, it departs from uh, from Dante's work in the final boss, which is a mechanical spider demon. Which I don't think he wrote about. Was it Judas sort of a bit like a spider demon? He was in many ways exactly like a spider demon. Um, Anne, how did you get on with Doom this week? I didn't really like it very much. Why, why didn't you like Cause it? Because I couldn't find my way around, and I don't like shooting that many things. Like, I okay, did... let's deal with the first thing first, because yeah. that was... So I mean... I'm completely in agreement with you, Anne. Yeah. I actually had exactly the same problem. What do we all have in common? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but let's... let's uh, the theme of this week is mazes. Yeah. And isn't the point of a maze to get you lost? Yeah, but it's no fun if you can't then find yourself and you just what, keep working. Yeah, or... I was just sitting there crying. <laughs> no, wait, that was passage. Um, if you're just walking into a wall all the time and you can't find your way around, it's so frustrating. And then you get shot. It's got terrible signposting. Yeah. It never shows you where to go or what to do, ever. And no. I know some people like that, and I do generally, but not when I walk around in circles. And things I can't even tell if it's the same wall I'm looking at because all the textures are the same. Yeah, yeah and it, you can look at the map, but it's rubbish. So <laughs> so you're like, well, I don't really get it. Is that a wall? Can I walk through? Is that is that somewhere that I can walk through or not? Oh, it was very frustrating. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, and also I, I didn't really... Perhaps I'm just not... Um, you know, my fingers aren't quite ready to handle lots of different things to be doing at the same time. I did find it very hard to be walking and trying to shoot at the same time. It's quite a leap, isn't it, <laughs> to take from Pac-Man being your first video game. <laughs> yes. Right, I get it now. Give me Doom. <laughs> Q, R, what? What is S? Oh, and then I can change all my weapons? What? Exactly. Mm. It is, it is quite a difficult game, and you mentioned that it is like a maze in a way that modern first-person shooters aren't. They're actually quite linear, they'll take you from point A to point B, hmm. uh, whereas um, 
it, the developers of Doom, I imagine, got very excited with the technology they had, the ability to create 3D rooms that they built them in almost every direction they could think of. Apart from <laughs> just can't stop building, this is brilliant! <laughs> apart from up and down, which they couldn't do. Mm. But if they could, um, I bet they would have. Definitely. There, the thing about labyrinthine, this labyrinthine design, there's a joke, there's a joke image on the internet which is like old first-person shooters and it shows like a huge detailed labyrinth mm. and then new first-person shooters and it's just a straight line, cutscene, straight line, cutscene. Right. Um, but the thing is, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a maze, you have to show people the way around it. I think Doom is one of these games that you can't really criticise retrospectively, or people think you're an idiot. So okay, we should just stop then. <laughs> you can think I'm an idiot, but I don't think it's particularly well designed. Ooh, okay. I just don't think it's particularly well designed. That's coming from from I never played it before. But isn't, but that... isn't it the first one? Am hmm. I right in thinking it is yeah. the first one? So we've got to let it off a little bit. Yes, exactly. And you have to obviously acknowledge all of the things that it influenced and all of the ways in which it was revolutionary. And I understand all that. It's just that going back right now and playing it this week, sure. I didn't think it was that good. I, I also had that same culture shock. One of the things that you're saying about this uh, linear um, versus sprawling thing made me think of Half-Life 2 and some, someone I was having a conversation with once told me that that's got the greatest intro to any video game ever where you're chasing after something because you always feel like you've got the freedom to go anywhere you want but you always choose the direction they want you to you, whatever happens you end up back on that path and so it gives you that feeling that you are choosing everything but at the same time it's totally scripted and it's totally mm. in the hands of the designer you are being a puppet basically they were very limited in what they could do and do my guess mm. in, in terms of signposting I mean as you say they don't have many textures uh, they don't have much audio apart from sort of the animalistic grunts of, of demons <laughs> and imps um, so there are no cutscenes per se in which you say, someone would say, why don't you try heading off in this direction or why don't you look for this object? Um, you really are just at the behest of, of, of map designers who, mm. um, as I say, got a little bit uh, trigger happy with their level editing tools. Did you play uh, Doom at the time, Steve? Uh, are you a Doom veteran? No, I wouldn't have been allowed to play Doom. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was obviously meant to be quite scary. Is it scary? Did anyone find it scary? David, did you find it scary? Uh, yeah, I found it disturbing, definitely, because because you, you play it and then you go to bed and, and you, you close your eyes and then you'd see these horrible demons, these monsters just coming at you, just mashing at the air in your chainsaw and, oh, it's yeah, very disturbing. Do you find it scary now, though? Uh, no, not at all, not at all. But then it's like on that browser, isn't it? So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just not quite as engaging. There's just always other things, like, you know, people at work, you know, behind you. So, and I, I take it that you didn't find it scary, Emily, just frustrating. Just frust- yeah, just frustrating. Mm. So, of us, who played it? Who had played it before, like when it came out? I played it when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Kind of, I find it interesting playing it this time because I had none of the issues of not knowing where I was going because I played it so much of a child <laughs> that the, how to complete the game is now back here again. To my yeah. See, it interests me that the three people that weren't impressed with Doom were the three people that didn't play it at the time and haven't seen it in context. What mm. does that suggest about it? I, I mean, I certainly was surprised, coming back to it, that it, like at how low-res the textures are. I think your mind fills in some of the gaps, but it, also I was... I used to find that game absolutely terrifying. Like, there were bits of it I could not play How old through. were you? Uh, so you don't ask a lady that. <laughs> uh, I was... Uh, I don't know, when 93. did it come out? So I was 16, um, okay. and I found it absolutely petrifying. But there are bits of it now that I, I, can't, I just can't imagine like I got to some of the later levels and when the lights go out and they're flickering it was the flickering lights that really scared me now that, that's nothing 
like it just doesn't seem scary. I don't not know whether that's because of video games seen. or whether because I'm older. Yeah, maybe that's it because yeah. of the traumas that I've been through. I, mm. I, I, I still find it rather scary. Uh, not so much the visceral jump out of your seat scares or yeah. where monsters run at you. But more the sort of uh, psychological elements, which are brought in through uh, some really good sound design. The, That's the, true. The, uh, the enemies um, have these sort of um, uh, signature sounds that they'll, they'll always use mm. uh, from behind closed doors or from yeah. other rooms. And it's when you are playing on a high difficulty setting, and it's that fear of dying at the hands of an enemy, and you can hear this especially strong enemy waiting for you in the next room. You do you do get some heart palpitations um, and. It, it still scares me in, in many ways. Subsequently, it have gone on to make Doom 2, Doom 3, and various games around that sort of thing. Would you call them uh, masters of that trick? Like the scare? Um, I think other developers have bettered them in terms of being scared by sounds mm. and sort of that psychological uh, scares, um, looking glass, <coughs> developers like that. I won't go into too many because I'll probably um, show my ignorance of <laughs> in that regard. Um, but um, I, I still look at it as more of a museum piece now. I enjoy it like mm. that, um, and I'm, I take I take its limitations with a pinch of salt. Did you enjoy going back to it at all, Ed? Um, <coughs> actually, the interesting thing about p- playing the browser version that I guess most of us were using, I don't know if anyone actually went and got hold of a, an original copy, um, was that the browser version lacked the music, and I found that actually really interesting. That how much I kind of failed to connect with it in, a, in because the music was I could actually sort of well play it I could feel the music like in the back of my head because I was so used to playing with that but it always, I always felt kind of felt a bit kind of distanced from the game and it kind of was interesting actually how important the music clearly was even though it wasn't particularly good music and it was rendered not particularly amazingly but it obviously had become as a child that that music was sort of really part of it which is interesting I thought but the thing about Doom, though, whatever you say about it, it's not stupid. And the FPS has you know, gotten itself a bad reputation now as a stupid genre sometimes. And for all, for all you want to say about Doom, it, it knows it's a video game. And it's really good at being a video game. A lot of FPSs now tend to try and be filmed so hard. They just want to be films. Doom doesn't care. Doom's mm. just a video game. And it's, 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 it knows, it knows, it knows what itself. It knows its limitations as well, I think. Excellent. Okay, well, um, I think that can conclude our discussion on Doom, and we'll be back after this to talk about Passage.
This is One Life Left No Continues on Resonance 104.4 FM. Anne, we've had another tweet. Oh, yeah, goodness, hang on. Hang on. Right, there's the internet. Uh, from The Bike Show, uh, The Bike Show says, Oh, One Life Left is talking about Doom. Now, that's the only video game I ever played as a grown-up. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, I remember a long summer parliamentary recess of multiplayer Doom played over <laughs> at the Houses of Commons. Uh, the Bike Show, another one of Resonance <laughs> FM's brilliant shows. Remember, if you love Resonance FM, listen carefully to their charity appeal because they need you. And your money. That too. <laughs> also, both would be great. So we've dealt with Pac-Man. Done. Dealt with Doom. Done. One left to do. Passage. David. Hello. Passage was on the list because you were you absolutely wanted it on there because you care a lot uh, about that game, don't you? Uh, yeah, maybe not as much as I did actually. I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> oh. No, I, I I did love it. Like uh, when the first time I played it, I was um, I was genuinely moved. I, I possibly even shed a tear. It's worth. It's worth. Uh, it's probably everyone in this room has played Passage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's worth saying that uh, listeners to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, because the radio show can't be paused. But if you haven't played it yet, you should go away and play it and then resume. Because it will this only next take section, you five minutes. next section of the show will involve spoilers. Yeah. So tell us about Passage, David. Uh, okay, well, uh, I made some notes. I, I, I left work. I, I, I hastily knocked up uh, a, a page of, of A4, just, just uh, burbling, really, just kind of written burbling. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not sure about my first sentence. I said it was a made-up game. But that just All games are made yeah, They're all made up, yeah, so... Boom, there you go. It's powerful and bleak, this much is do we, sure. do we agree with that? It's powerful and bleak? Um, <laughs> I mean, mixed. It's, it's kind of su- I think it's kind of subtly powerful. It is powerful. Subtle is not a word I would use to describe so what, passage. Really? I thought it was what, subtle. Before we start, what <laughs> happens in passage, David? Uh, okay, um, it's... it's uh, Lust begins and ends. Um, I'm just going to read out what I said. That's um, okay, that's good. It begins and ends. It's a game of hope, confusion, uncertainty. Having to make out what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing. There are no rules. Uh, at the start, everything is in front of you. It's blurry, confused. But as the game washes over, you begin to realise that there's more and more of it behind you. You pick up prizes. Uh, they burst as a flutter of excitement. Uh, but they leave you no wiser. They add nothing to the inexorable journey. Uh, even if you go nowhere, time washes over you and, and you and you die. The end is always the same. You die. Uh, if you meet someone, they die. Then you die. It's it's the same. It's it's uh, incredibly reductionistic in its in its approach. I, as you say, like it's 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 not a subtle game in many ways. It's, it's incredibly blunt. Just to put it in more mechanical terms, and to be a huge buzzkill, you walk from left to right for about a minute and a half. Five or minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes if you explore, which is well, the thing. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, you can pick up a partner or not pick up a partner, and that changes the game. Is it is it, it not five minutes either way? Because is it not five minutes? And you can spend just five minutes walking completely from left to right, and you mm. discover more environments. Mm. Or you can spend more five minutes, you know, kind of in one environment searching. I'm not 100 percent sure, not sure, but I always felt that a part of the point of passage is that you know, usually if you if you if you play games, then you're like, okay, I want to get to the end. How do I win? And you realise that walking to the right is like the way to go and that's what you're supposed to do and then it completely turns it on its head because you realise as you walk to the right that you're dying and you're like oh no that's not what I wanted and then you start exploring the maze and you start trying to prolong the uh, not prolong um, defer the inevitable Mm. And that's when you start playing around in the maze, and then you realise it doesn't really matter because what happens at the end is always the same. I thought that was part of its uh, 
So you can, you know, you can if you really want mess around in the mazes for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, I guess. No, it's only five minutes. Really, five minutes cut. either way. Yeah, you can either walk for five minutes without having any, you know, diversion and no exploring, and you go you go through loads and loads of different environments, or you could just stay in the very first little section. You could just be going up and down, mm. up and down, and and f- after five minutes, the screen still moves across. You're still getting closer to the right hand side. It's just you're not seeing any more environment. Okay, that's pretty okay. good. Yeah. So, Kezi, you said the the thing that changes everything is meeting your partner. Definitely. Mm. Why is that? Well, because essentially, in, uh, you meet you meet this 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 woman, red haired woman. You you start off as a little blonde sprite, and you meet yeah, this. Yeah, you're a tiny tiny pixel guy, eight, pixel. eight pixels high or something like that. And right? then as time goes on, you sort of hunch over, lose your hair, and it's, it's all very depressing. But things if you meet the if you meet the partner, then you actually can't fit through some bits of the maze. Hmm. So that changes it because you essentially have to choose. And you, if you get the partner, you can't fit through some bits of the maze. You can't get some treasures, and then you know, in the end, you die. But at least you don't die alone, I guess. Whereas, <laughs> well, you do die alone. Well, you yeah, she dies before you, which is awful, really awful. That that's means, that that's the worst moment. thing. I, I bumped into the woman first time round, and and you know, was all a bit confused, not knowing at all what I was doing anyway. But then when she died, and it was all of a sudden you collapse. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Hmm. Avoid her. But, but I don't like the implication that, you know, because if you're on your own, you can fit through the maze and get more treasure. I don't like the implication that you're choosing between life companionship or worldly goods. Mm. <laughs> hmm. I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that is its implication, but it's... Uh, uh, I just find that slightly over-egging. I mean, I think the game is not very subtle. I think it's a good... It's, it's excellent for what it is, but I think that its symbolism is so heavy. It's kind of like a Margaret Atwood novel. You know, every sentence is a motif. And so, yeah, right, I, I understand. You've, you've, you've made the point. And it, I think after the first play, you shouldn't go back because you'll have good memories of it. If you go back again, then you just start to feel like it's quite forced. Yeah. Does anyone else agree with that? Or am that I just no, I'm, just, I'm wondering, because no, David kill. said, you know, clearly you've, you've got some reservations about it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it does just seem very, um, yeah, just, just, just very simple. And um, actually, uh, the one thing I noticed think, uh, when I was, um, after I played it, I was, I was thinking about it was the... Uh, I don't know if this is kind of going off the point slightly, slightly but it's it's the music. Like it, it leads you. It's 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 uh, it, the, the game pulls at the heartstrings kind of quite heavily. Uh, and I think uh, maybe the, the music of the game is is, is quite a big part in that. Mm. Um, if you had like a different sound, so you know, it, it leaves you feeling bleak, uh, feeling empty. Like this this is life. You go through. It's always the same. You die. Someone you love die uh, dies. Um, but then I kind of thought if the soundtrack was slightly different, maybe it would be, you know, if it was more of a symphonic, uplifting. Um, if it was Benny Hill. <laughs> well, I thought about it. If it was carnival music, you'd think, Jesus, what monster wrote this? What monster created this game? But then, um, no, if it was something, uh, I, I don't know, um, one of my friends sent me a quote about mazes. Okay. Uh, she said, We must connect to divinity. Uh, di- sorry, divinity. Otherwise, we'll be lost in matter, wandering meaning- meaninglessly through the paths of a maze. And in, in a sense, that there, there, there is none of the uh, there's no there's no sense of awe in passage. You know, it's a very controlled environment. Mm. Um, so you go away taking away this bleak kind of existential message. Um, but then that's because it's just very reductionist in its outlook. You know, it's it's created this this small world with very simple rules. Uh, and um, yeah, you, your heartstrings have been pulled, and you, you notice it more and more the more you play it. Sure. Emma, you I think the more I play it, the more kind of emotionless it, it, it is for me. I can, right. I'm kind of, you know, just after the, the treasure, really. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, when I do choose the, to, to commit and to get the partner, um, I do actually find myself trying to let 
us die in a nice environment. Does anyone has anyone else thought that? Yeah, I totally did that. Because there's a there's a horrible blue one, empty. It's like bathroom tiles and little corkscrew bits and that's horrible you don't want to die there but then there's a lovely green one with little flowers and bushes and that's where i want to die and that's what i aim for i'm really interested in this uh, notion of it being too heavy-handed uh, because that's not something you often say about about video games i think or at least when you do it's at least not dealing with an interesting point like this so is it not better that it's heavy-handed than it doesn't exist at all absolutely 100 yeah. percent. it's basically the best we've got right now and yeah, isn't that sorry isn't that part of it part of me says that it has to be heavy-handed to make that point totally I because see. otherwise people would miss it entirely yeah i like to think we'll there are there are subtler ways of dealing with death mm-hmm. i think and i think some video games have done pretty well in dealing with death in, in a slightly less no overt way, but I think that Final Fantasy Seven, Eris. <laughs> oh. oh come on, uh, we're all thinking it. Hammy. It means to be more than that game, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, what I, I would like to know what deals with death in a, a more subtle way. Well, I think the interesting thing about it is that um, it deals with death in a way that only only games can. Like a book absolutely can deal with games in that right. fashion. Uh, Eris dying is, is is very cinematic. In fact, it is a cinematic when she <laughs> dies. Uh, films can do that. They've done it inside out. Yeah. Uh, but Passage um, is a step towards sort of uh, symbolism and and storytelling in a in a, a way that only a, a format that only games can, uh, right. can achieve i absolutely agree with, with that, that. yeah hmm. well, i thought it was quite interesting actually that to step back that all three of these games actually in a way do kind of deal with death it may, it may be only passages trying to explicitly say something about it but i think it's an interesting contrast in that Doom is a game where you're constantly presented with the the, the dead, um, the, but the bodies of the dead that have the spirits have left them. And Pac-Man, you're left, you're you're only presented with the spirits of the dead. <laughs> Whereas um, Passage um, is, is, is as I say very kind of reductionist. It's just that there's there's nothing after death. Death is the end of the game. Mm. And video but, games do trivialise death, yeah. don't they? And the the interesting thing actually that Passage the the only way you can escape the game is to walk to your natural death whereas the other two games you can actually if you want to throw yourself in front of a monster and kind of end your life that way a passage you're just left to plod along until kind of randomly when you you have no choice about when it will happen sometimes you'll just be struck down yeah the other games you're running away from death in a way and, and you could you could make the choice to run into death. If Actually, you, that's not true, ask. is it? So, Pac-Man, you're running away from death. Doom, you're fighting death. And Passage is about the inevitability of death. Um, well... Doom, I suppose, Doom, you're actually, in a way, you're running into you're hell. Run, so. You're running towards... Yeah. So totally. you're running towards it. That's. David, did you have anything else you'd like to say about Passage? Yeah, I made two pages worth of notes, but I can't even make sense <laughs> of them. I can't actually <laughs> my own writing, you know. <laughs> I have an interesting point to make about mazes in general. Uh, okay, that's if you that's ever need to escape a maze, you simply choose the left wall and don't leave it. Just keep ma- walking alongside the left wall and eventually you'll reach the exit. That does not work in Pac-Man. It doesn't. And also <laughs> you can't move to the left maze. in Passage. That only works in a <laughs> certain type of maze, do. doesn't it? It uh, only works in mazes which don't split off and rejoin. Like, if a, if a maze has a, a closed loop like That's that... That's true, in which you case you could be trapped on the loop itself. So forever. I, I don't know the terminology of mazes, but no. the common, say, hedge maze... The hedge uh, maze. The common or garden hedge maze. Hedge maze. Uh, <laughs> does it account for yes. running into John Romero's stick, a head on a stick? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. Sorry, uh, yeah, uh, one thing I was wondering was... Is, is Passage a game that, that will only appeal to people who, who, who are kind of steep suit, who understand or who have played a lot of video games? Because uh, 
I don't know. For me, like I, 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 I played it, and you know, I believe that look on Wikipedia. I'm the same age as as the you know the man who created it. Um, and you, know, you, you, first of all, you you, you play as a man. Uh, you, you're immediately dunked into a, 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 a maze. You know, you're you're collecting things that there are a number of the tropes, if that's the right word. I'm not sure if it is that you that you you, you get in, in video games and you and you've had for the past say 30 years. Um, and I was thinking maybe I feel moved because it kind of touches this not nostalgia, this eight bit nostalgia. Nostalgia kind of reminds me of like when I was you know three or four years old. Uh, and I'm wondering if people who hadn't really played games that much would get the same kind of thing out of it. Well, how many video games have you played now, Emily? Three now. Three. Win. <laughs> so, did, did you not get anything out of it? I played Passage first, actually. I oh, wasn't okay. sure if so I was you meant played to. zero. So this, I played this. zero when I played Passage. And, um... I, yeah, no, I think you can get... I think maybe because, as I say, it is heavy-handed. But then, because it because it's so full-on, it's also kind of a bit subtle, because you don't really know what you're doing, so maybe that's why people can be unmoved by it. I think it's you the see. great... The, the thing I admire most about Passage is the way that it does take those gamer things, like get to the end, do your objective, find the treasure, and turns those against you, and makes them not, you know, you know the aim, well done, you've got to the end, you've died. Clever you. Did it make you think better of video games, Emily? Passage as a form. Um, I I was yeah I was surprised that that was classed as a video game because I, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting anything when I cl- you know turned it on sure. and clicked to play and at first I was like oh it's a bit small it's a bit out of focus and I thought oh no that's deliberate I'm not meant to be able to see what's happening am <laughs> I moving am I move what's happening oh what have I run into you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah I think maybe I was expecting I I mean I kind of knew what Pac-Man was visually even if I hadn't played it and I know about shoot 'em ups and stuff mm-hmm. but maybe I was I was quite surprised by the format of that that then that was a video game okay interesting um we're gonna have a piece of music now and then we'll be back to close out our discussion on mazes
You have been listening to No Continues on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a One Life Left spin-off. And I we, thought you were going to say we're a One Life Left tribute act. We are. <laughs> In many ways we are. You can be Steve, I'll be Simon. Yeah. Not looking forward to next week when Anne turns up. Oh, good. Uh, today we've ta- talked about maze games. I think we've reached some interesting conclusions, right, team? Or have we? Have we just walked round and round and lost, round and round? Lost for the rest of our lives yeah. in a common or garden. I've thought about Pac-Man in relation to Doom and Doom in relation to Passage. I'd never mm. done that before. I think no. that was productive. So we have to pick a suite of games for next week, and we decided we were going to do adventure games next week, which is a big catch-all term, isn't mm. it? Uh, which has led us to a few interesting games. What, what are those games that we're going to be doing, Keza? We are going to be doing the original Legend of Zelda for the NES, which is really easy to find via emulation. We'll put how on the website. We'll do that. And uh, you what's... can't give that if you own the original game, right? That's mm. that's, the... that's that's. I that's guess that's our uh, that's our our oldest game that we're doing. What else are we doing? We're doing Photopia, which is a modern text adventure. Um, again, very easy to find and download and play, but it's entirely text. But it's a modern one. It's not one of the you know, go north, find lamp hit troll with stick although ones. if you want to read around the subject well, read around those, yeah do read around text adventures because they're fascinating play around the subject and a lot so. of people don't you know acknowledge that text adventures really have existed since the 80s but you were looking have. forward to text adventures I, I was you? yeah I even tried to find one this week but oh I didn't do very well okay <laughs> so we'll be doing Photopia uh, that's our newest game and in between we've chosen Monkey, Monkey Island. Island Monkey Island uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. who here who's, <laughs> who's played Monkey Island how many of you one two two I've Three been on people. an island with monkeys. That will stand you similar. in good stead for next Monday's show. Um, thank you so much for listening to One Life Left No Continues. As ever, if you want to get in touch or be, t- be part of the show, you can email us. <laughs> team at onelifeleft.com. Or you can tweet at us. At One Life Left. We will put details of how to play the, uh, play the games on the website. www.onelifeleft.com. And we hope that you will play them along with us. Uh, until then, though, we will see you all next week. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>